0: of psychedelics. In the last episode I covered a bit about my experience with it and how it's impacted me as well as what an ego death is and Emoto's water experiment. In this episode I'm going to be talking more about mental health and psychedelics and the biggest theme here is going to be who you're with, what environment you're in, and what your intentions are. I also want to add in the same disclaimer I had on the last episode. I am not a medical professional, nor do I work in any sort of law or legal enforcement practice deal. This podcast is strictly conversational. It's about my experiences and my opinions. Please consult your local laws and physicians before doing any sort of substance. And understand that this podcast, any information mentioned here, we cannot be held liable. So with that, let's kind of get into it here. Um, Psychedelics have been around for a really, really, really long time. We see them being used in ancient cultures and traditional types of societies as a way to communicate or connect with the divine, the gods, the dead... We also see them being used in different types of ceremonies and healing rituals, along with many other different types of practices. The most common psychedelics that we see now that are naturally occurring is gonna be psilocybin, which is found in magic mushrooms, DMT and mescaline, and ayahuasca as well. Synthetic hallucinogenic compounds are going to be more like LSD, MDMA, ecstasy, and ketamine. So these aren't technically psychedelics because they are synthetic, but they still offer that altered state of mind, a different consciousness effect. So they're under the same umbrella as actual psychedelics. LSD and magic mushrooms really popped up onto the scene in the 1950s and 60s. They were doing a lot of therapeutic research on these and they found really great results. There was a study done by Osmond and Hoffer where they were testing LSD on alcoholics. The result it produced was 40 to 45 percent of participants didn't relapse, so they didn't drink alcohol after one year uh, after the dose. So these guys only took one dose of LSD and all. Almost 50% of the people in this study didn't relapse after one year. One dose and one year. That is just such an impressive result. Like, it's kind of crazy to really think about because 50, almost 50% of your participants not relapsing after only one dose. I don't even know if there's another medicine that has that kind of result. So, that's just huge. But in the late 1960s, the drugs started becoming associated with this counterculture movement during the Vietnam War. So what happened was the tales of bad trips and these bad experiences, that's what really came to surface. And so they shut down a lot of the research and really just like made it seem like this horrible drug that people were on where you could... Lose your whole mental state basically. So, research on psychedelics really just stopped and fell really silent for many, many years. And it's just now, I think, starting to get bigger. They've described it as the psychedelic renaissance, and it began in the 1990s. So, in the last 30 years or so, we've really upped our research trials, and people are seeing more and more of these positive results that are benefiting towards depression and anxiety, people with PTSD, different types of traumas, addictions, existential crises, and also helping people with terminal illnesses. And I'm just so excited for it to get this kind of recognition because I really believe that psychedelics are going to be so helpful, especially in mental health. Psychedelics and mental health are really going to connect on this level of people wanting to learn and grow, learn more about themselves, about the world around them, about past traumas, current situations they're in, just all of these different aspects that you want to understand better so that you can live a life that is more forward motion, more positive. And I think a huge thing here is more loving, more full of compassion, I believe psychedelics really do that for us. There's this word that I found recently called psychonaut. I had never actually heard this word before until I started doing research on this. And a psychonaut is a person who takes psychoactive substances in order to grow and learn from the experience. There's a difference between people who use psychedelics recreationally and then the people who use it to grow in knowledge and spirituality. You take these experiences that you have on psychedelics and you take psychedelics so that you can learn and grow and have more understanding of yourself and the world around you. The other definition I found for this word was the goal of a psychonaut is to learn about self and reality by transcending normal consciousness, which I thought was a really great way to describe someone who takes psychedelics in order to learn about themselves and reality. (laughs) Just what it says. I just think this is where mental health and psychedelics are really going to connect. When you go to therapy, for the most part, you're going because you want to learn about what's going on with you, or you want to move through something, past something. You want to understand something. So you go into therapy with this idea that someone's going to help you get to these deeply rooted issues inside of you. And you want to go there so you can change or be able to cope better with whatever's going on. So using psychedelics is going to bring that forward so much with mental health. If you do psychedelics in a therapeutic setting, you go into it understanding that you are going to go to this altered state of consciousness. And with that, you're going to reach different areas within yourself in different spiritual ways and with the world around you. And I know I might be repeating myself a little bit here. (laughs) It's hard to talk about psychedelic experiences. Someone said once that it's like trying to explain color to a person who's blind. It's just something you have to experience. So apologies if I am repeating myself quite a bit. It is just kind of difficult to explain if you haven't experienced it, but I will do my best here. (laughs) But psychedelics, I think the biggest thing that they help us do, at least two of the biggest things, is they open space for you to feel what's going on rather than intellectualize. You're not sitting there judging or challenging these emotions that come up. You're not trying to figure out what is going on around you. You're just letting everything be what it is and you're allowing whatever reaction happens to happen. You get to live in the moment when you're on psychedelics. And even if other things come up, you're in a space that is free and clear. So when these things do come up, you're able to be open and constructive and objective with yourself psychedelics help introduce this whole new idea of self-awareness which is huge for therapy having self-awareness has major therapeutic potential because what it is is having objective understanding and knowledge about your own strengths and the areas that you need growth or areas that you need to work on so if you're doing this in psychedelic therapy this perspective allows you to question your own thoughts, feelings, biases, prejudices, whatever it is, you get to sit there almost like an observer and see this stuff come out and think, okay, I want to think about this in a different way. You question the story that you're telling yourself. And for the emotions that come up, again, you really get to feel them rather than know what they are. And you're like, okay, I understand why I'm feeling this way. You don't do that on psychedelics. You might in a sense, be like, oh, I understand why I'm feeling this way. But then what happens is you really allow yourself to let that emotion come through. And you can take it out and look at it as an observer, or you can let it take over depending on the emotion and really allow yourself to release whatever it is that needs to be released. And during psychedelic therapy, as my understanding, a therapist isn't sitting there with you asking these probing questions or trying to pull things out of you. You're experiencing the trip however you want it to be. You get to do it on your own terms. So you're gonna allow whatever you allow and it's important to go into it thinking that you can have an open mind and that you're willing to go into this altered state of consciousness. If you go into it thinking like, I'm not gonna have a good time or I don't want this to come up and you're forcing things or pushing things down, it's not going to work in as a beneficial way as it could. So it's really crucial to be open to whatever's going to happen and just allow that to be what it is so you're not fighting with yourself the whole time. I think that's something that can cause a bad experience on psychedelics. A few people I've talked to that have had bad trips, as they call them, it was because they weren't ready for what was about to happen and they almost didn't want it to happen. So then you don't have a good time. So it's just good to note that going into it with this open mind and understanding that if you do want to have a positive, beneficial trip, this positive outlook is going to be a really big factor in that. You just have to roll with it and (laughs) let it be what it is. There's a crucial thing with psychedelics that is set and setting. Having your environment be safe and comfortable and the people that you're with also being safe and comfortable people is going to I think really make or break a trip. In my experience I haven't ever had a really intense bad trip but I have been in situations where I've been very uncomfortable and it was because I wasn't with the right people and I wasn't in a space where I felt comfortable I had an experience once when I was first starting out taking psychedelics. I took it with a coworker of mine at her house. During the trip, her and her boyfriend started arguing and it was so uncomfortable. I was like, get me out of here. Like, what is happening right now? It was just not a place I wanted to be or people I wanted to be with. And what I ended up doing, because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get out of the house that we were in, like I obviously couldn't drive home and I was very new to the experience, so I didn't quite understand what to do. But I'm glad I had the intuition to get out of the space that they were in and I was able to go into their living room and just watch the movie Avatar, which was awesome. (laughs) Super great movie while you're dripping. It was really fun. Um so, could have been really bad. It was definitely uncomfortable, but I made the best of it and just did what I could do. I wasn't on any super large dose or anything, so it was easier for me to pull out of that and find at least a somewhat comfortable space for myself while they kind of figured their shit out. <laughs> Set and setting are so known in this community of of their importance. Like If you do any sort of research on psychedelics, I think set and setting are going to come up with mostly anything that you find. Even the attitude of the people that you're around could influence what's going on. It can make a huge difference in your experience. Being with other people that are on the same somewhat journey that you are and want the same things out of the experience, that's going to be what is So connecting during this psychedelic trip. I've done psychedelics quite a few times at this point, and I can tell you there's a huge difference (laughs) between when you do it as a party drug or recreationally with no real setting intentions kind of situation, and when you do it with people who understand how sacred it is and you set these intentions, and you and the people you're with are able to have these just beautiful conversations and make really strong connections it makes everything just feel so good (laughs) there are a lot of different elements that can create the setting within your trip where you're at who you're with is somebody there to be a guide Uh, how experienced is the guide how experienced are the people around you how long is it going to be Is there nature involved? Is there music? Are you going to be inside? Are there things to play with, things to look at? All these different elements are going to create a journey for you that is either going to be quite positive or could end up more on the bad side. And I don't love using the term bad trip. I do understand that people have had experiences that are very scary and are seen as bad. I do understand that. I just It's hard for me to use because I've never had a really scary situation. I've always tried to be very safe with them. But it's also because I have the understanding of knowing, especially now, how important it is to be around the right setting. And again, like all these other people I've talked to who have had these kind of troubling experiences. They didn't know what they were taking. They didn't know what it was going to do. They weren't in a place that was comfortable. They weren't with people that they felt comfortable with. They had all these different things happen that created an environment that was not going to be beneficial or <laughs> therapeutic. There was no room for any spiritual growth to come through. When you're on psychedelics, sometimes overwhelming emotions can come up or just overwhelming physical things can happen as well. Feeling safe can help ease that so much. Even when I've done psychedelics alone, I've always reached out to a few friends that are very close by and let them know like, hey, I'm taking mushrooms today. Can I call you if I get overwhelmed or if I need someone? And of course, they always say yes, like no matter what, because you just don't know. It's better safe than sorry. You don't know if you're going to get too overwhelmed. And sometimes if you're not used to the feeling of psychedelics, it's going to be this overwhelming come up feeling. I even had an experience recently where I was taking mushrooms by myself and I was sitting outside just allowing it to kind of come through. (laughs) And I was starting to feel really overwhelmed. So I was trying to sit there and like watch the clouds, stare at the pretty clouds. This feeling just completely overtook me. I was so sad. I had this image pop up in my head. I like closed my eyes and this silhouette of something popped up in my mind and I curled up into a ball like fetal position just sobbing on the ground and I was like oh my god. This is not what I want to be thinking about right now. I'm so uncomfortable. Like, what the fuck do I do? I'm, I'm, I don't want to be in this position. I don't want to think about this. And so I took a second, I went inside and I sat down and I was like, okay, I am just going to let whatever wants to come through come through because clearly it's something I need to think about and I don't want this to spin out of control and put me in a really bad headspace. So I allowed myself to have this feeling come through and I ended up like sobbing in my living room for like an hour, (laughs) which was ended up being really great. And that was an experience that could have been really, really bad. (laughs) That could have spiraled very quickly into me being in a really bad headspace and having a horrible experience. But since I know what I can handle and I know how psychedelics work, I knew how to get myself into a space where i felt more comfortable and i could just let these emotions be free the first couple of times i took psychedelics i didn't set any sort of intentions i did have that one experience with that girl and her boyfriend but other than that the first couple of times i did them i had a really really wonderful time <laughs> and i was with people i felt very safe with people i loved people who loved me These people could hold space for me and I for them. So I didn't have any set intentions. Like I was like, okay, we're just having fun. I really like these. (laughs) So I'm going to keep taking them. And I just learned how psychedelics felt, how they worked, the length of time that each one kind of took. I've only done a few different psychedelics. I started with LSD, but I am much more of a psilocybin magic mushroom person at this point. I do want to try ayahuasca and DMT like I'm so excited to try those but more of a magic mushroom person at the moment (laughs) but I did start with LSD and again I didn't have any intentions I was just having fun and I learned how they worked and I think that can be really cool for psychedelics if you are just starting out even if you want to do therapy with psychedelics Just starting out and learning how they feel, doing it in a safe space, on and on, you already know. (laughs) You can just learn how they feel, how your body reacts to them, how you feel afterwards, what kind of things come up. It's just such a different feeling to be on them. (laughs) Again, so hard to explain. But I do think it's really important for people to maybe take a second and just understand how they'll work with them. So then when you do get deeper into them and you release more things and you find these underlying, deeply rooted things inside of you, spiritually, physically, emotionally, then you know already how you feel for the most part while you're on them and what is expected. So that when you go to these deeper places, you already kind of have a baseline of how you're going to feel like you you already have an expectation for the most part. Learning which psychedelic or even if you use like LSD, ketamine, the synthetic um, hallucinogenics, knowing which one of those works best for you as well. Very good thing to know. (laughs) Again, I started with LSD and I still really like acid. I think it's a great form of a psychedelic. However, for me, once I started to learn more about this community and get uh, more experience with it, What I found was mushrooms, the magic mushrooms, they're not as intense as LSD. LSD is much more of a visual mind type of hallucinogenic. I don't get as many visuals uh, on psilocybin. LSD also lasted quite a long time. It usually, for me, lasted about 9 to 12 hours, even like up to 14 hours on just like a tab or two, so it can last a very, very long time. What I have found with psilocybin is that it's more like 4 to 6 hours, which is really nice (laughs) because then I don't feel like I have to take the whole next day off, which is how I felt on LSD. I think it can be great if you have a lot of time and you just want to feel that way for a very long time, but I did always feel like I had to have the whole next day off to understand what I just went through, (laughs) let my body rest, because it does wear your body out a lot. For me, my back always really hurts. The next day just always feels very, like, I'm pretty depleted and just sleepy. Like, I I just want to sleep. Not that I'm not happy and excited about the things that I had realized and seen and understood while I was on it, but it's just, it's kind of exhausting in my opinion. Mushrooms, I feel much more like I can take them like mid-morning and be done by, you know, the late afternoon And then I can take a nice bath, have a nice dinner, and still go to sleep at a reasonable hour. I feel like I sound so old now when I say that. (laughs) But I am. I'm old. I'm an old lady. (laughs) I like to sleep and I like to eat. (laughs) So, you know, that's just me. (laughs) But I do like that aspect of mushrooms. It seems much less intense. I don't get as wicked of visuals. I get more of a spiritually connecting vibe from it. And the connections I make in my head seem a bit more profound than the ones I've made on LSD. I have made some really great connections on LSD that have completely changed my life. Psilocybin just helps reignite a lot of that and is a little more calm. <laughs> Again, hard to explain. (laughs) After listening to some different people talk about their experiences and doing more research on this as well, some people have said that when they've gone to do therapeutic, psychedelic retreats or, like, ceremonies, that has also been kind of interesting. Like, a girl said one time she went to a... Oh, it was an ayahuasca retreat. And she was like, you know, it was just a little too hippy (laughs) dippy, which I could totally understand. I like hippy dippy woo woo shit, but like some people might not want to, you know, sit there and look into a stranger's eyes and do breathing techniques with them. I don't know why not, but (laughs) I'm just kidding. That actually sounds kind of awkward, but that was her experience. And I've heard other people say that they've gone on other retreats and been like you know it just wasn't the right fit they there were these activities or they expected this so finding the right community of psychedelic therapy work is going to be kind of interesting to see how we work with that but again just going back to understanding what you're comfortable with and the environments that you want to be in and who you want to be with if you're comfortable going out of the country to a 7-day retreat with a bunch of different people who also want to do a healing type of journey. Hell yes, awesome, do it. <laughs> but if you're more the type of person that's like, nope, I want to do this one-on-one or have someone I love sitting there with me, someone who can help guide me, you can find those things as well. Absolutely. Just listen to your intuition. It it's not going to steer you wrong. <laughs> And don't do it if you're not ready either. I really am a huge advocate for psychedelics. I think they're going to be and have been absolutely huge, especially for mental health. And I think overall they're going to be so wonderful in the ways that they connect us and show other people that you can be more of a loving, compassionate human. I mean, it just... I think it's going to be so connecting and beautiful, and I really hope that what it does is helps our world love each other and the earth itself that we're on. I just hope that it makes us all love more. (laughs) I know that probably sounds really cheesy, but at the end of the day, like, how could you ask for more than that, you know? (laughs) Switching gears a little bit here, the question that I found that seems to be circulating quite a bit through this community is... Is it the drug itself that's changing the physical brain chemistry and therefore changing the perspectives and behaviors of the person? Or is there something about the experience on the psychedelic itself that then changes the perception and behavior for people? And I agree with a lot of the conversation that's been surrounding this that they're not separate. And what that means is, (laughs) yes, there are physical changes that happens when you take the drug. I like to think of psychedelics kind of like an Etch-A-Sketch. I think before I've referred to them as a sledding hill, same kind of thing here. With an Etch-A-Sketch, you have this whole picture drawn out. Different lines are connecting, and think of that as your brain. You have all these different things that are connected, this whole wiring system in your brain and then you take psychedelics and it's like taking that etch a sketch taking your brain and just like sh- sh- like erasing it shaking it up and kind of erasing it and there might still be like that shaded background of what was there before because like etch a sketch sometimes you know it didn't erase all the way I don't know <laughs> sometimes so that might still be in the background and same with your brain those other previous ideas and thought patterns are still gonna be kind of shadowed in the background. But when you're on a psychedelic, you are able to make all these new connections and pathways inside of your mind. And that then leads to perspective changes and behavior changes. So the drug itself, I think has its own way of changing (laughs) your perspectives and behaviors But also during that, you have a whole experience that just makes you look at things so differently that you want to change your perspectives and behaviors. So again, I just don't think they're separate. Whereas with pharmaceutical drugs, you can see the separation there. There's the therapy part where you go to therapy and you work through these things week after week month after month, years of therapy trying to get your perspective to change or get a behavior to change. Have these coping mechanisms actually work for you. So, you're in therapy doing that part and you're also on this drug that is helping the chemical imbalance in your brain. Supposedly, that's what they're doing. Sorry, I'm not trying to like hate on pharmaceutical drugs. I totally think they have their space and they can work for many different things. But there is a separation there. The pharmaceutical drug prescribed for a mental health issue is there to even the playing field, basically. You're trying to get your brain to a point where you can feel balanced enough to go and work on these things. Go to therapy, and since you're feeling, you know, more like you can get through the day-to-day... Then you can go to therapy and talk about and solve a lot of the things that come up or learn how to cope with the things that come up. I think a lot of the issue that comes with the pharmaceutical drugs, I guess one issue, is a lot of people take, say, antidepressants or anti-anxiety, antipsychotic, etc. They take these pills without actually going to therapy and getting into those rooted issues, those underlying feelings that need to be released. So you're only doing a little bit of the work. You're just evening the brain out. You're not actually doing the work to change anything. You still need to go in there and find those underlying deeply rooted issues. You have to do all of the work if there's going to be a significant amount of shift and the amazing thing with psychedelics is that shift or change or release can all happen in one dose you could do it one time and this could all come up you could have eight hours of deeply rooted issues and emotions and traumas and feelings All these things could come up and come to these great epiphanies, realizations. You can release these ideas of what you're holding on to. Again, you can look at the story you're telling yourself and rewrite it a little bit. And you can do all of that in like one dose. (laughs) Instead of having to go week after week after week to therapy and take a drug for the rest of your life. I mean, if you're going to take a pill... Anyways, if you're going to be on drugs all the time, you may as well take a drug that maybe you only have to take once a year or, you know, twice a year. And then maybe you go to once a year and then you go to once every five years. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. (laughs) And that's the experience that I've had with psychedelics. I've taken pharmaceutical medications before for depression, anxiety, trauma, ADHD, Just any other label that they could slap on me, basically, and give me medication for. I feel like I've taken medication for it. And while those things did help me somewhat get through my day and even me out sometimes, for the most part, I still was like, okay, great, but now I still have these other things. My my shit's not solved here. It was like putting a Band-Aid over it. It wasn't actually helping the wound at all. It was just putting a Band-Aid over it and acting like it wasn't there. But they still were, and it was bothering me. And so as I spoke about in my last episode, when I had that first real trip on LSD, I dropped my depression. I mean, it still comes back, as I talked about before. If you missed it, go check out that first part. I get into this a little more, but it does come back sometimes. But the difference is monumental. And after that first trip, I didn't feel like I had to continuously work on my depression. It has come up since, but I'm able to deal with it in such a different way and deal with it in any sort of way where I wasn't dealing with it before. I was just like, oh, this is how I'm going to be. So (laughs) there's that. And every time since I've taken psychedelics, it reignites this idea of what I had learned before. And I'm like, oh yeah, I get to have a choice in who I want to be. I have this choice of how I want to react to things. And that's really freeing. Such a beautiful thing to happen. And I haven't felt the need to be on medication since that. And a lot of the people that I've spoken to about psychedelics and pharmaceutical drugs, they've agreed that, There's a lot of work to be done if you're taking a medication every single day. You need to do the actual work. And psychedelics make you do that work while you're on it. Not in like a scary, forcing, intense way, but in a way that if it comes up, you're going to be able to deal with it. And you're going to learn how to move through it and see the value in what has happened to you or how you are just you see the value in that and it helps you come to this point of beautiful acceptance I think one of the hardest things to do especially with psychedelics but even in therapy in general is the incorporation part making sure that you take the things that you have learned and the epiphanies or realizations the connections that you've made taking those things and incorporating them in your day-to-day life is kind of (laughs) tough I am not going to lie. It can be really hard. I am not aligned with my truest self every single day. I am not pleasing my higher self every single moment of every single day. It's really hard to incorporate that stuff because life fucking happens. (laughs) I I talked about this a little bit in that first episode uh, about psychedelics. Shit happens. Life is going to pile on top of you Things are still going to happen, and it can be really hard to incorporate this stuff. But when you do learn how to think about it almost on a day-to-day basis, it really changes you. Not just that one moment or that one trip that you had, but the incorporation part changes how you be as a person. How you be. That sounded kind of silly. How you are as a person. Proper English. Sorry about that. (laughs) So integrating this after your psychedelic journey is very critical to the process because then you learn how to process the meaning of your experience with a therapist or some sort of guide You can talk to them about, hey, I ran into this, I experienced this, this is what I was feeling, and those people who can help you pick that apart and help you understand maybe why you felt a certain way or how to deal with it, how to cope, that's when you find the beneficial connections. That's where you find the value in what you've learned. Because while you're on the psychedelic, in like a therapy sense, you can have all these great things happen and know that there's a benefit to them, but maybe the next day it kind of falls off and you're like, what was that actually? What was I, (laughs) what was making me so excited here? Like, why was I feeling like this was such a good thing? So being able to integrate that with a trained, again, therapist or guide or someone That can really, really help um, learning how that can add value to continue on in your day-to-day life. You can maintain the goodness. That great, just like, I'm trying to make like a ball with my hands like this. (laughs) This goodness over here. Look at this. But (laughs) you maintain what it is that you connected with in that journey. That's... The most important part, I think. And also taking those experiences that you had. Like, let's say you just had this wonderful time with your friends down at the lake. And you were in nature and it was just making you feel so alive and connected. That would be another thing to integrate in a sort of day-to-day life type of deal. Reminding yourself that this actually makes me feel really good. And it makes me feel this connection to others and the earth. Making sure that that's part of your life in some way, again, it's just going to cultivate this experience and maintain that squishy ooey gooey goodness that you realized while you were there. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I could go on about psychedelics for a very long time. <laughs> There's so much to talk about with them and what you experience on them, but honestly, y'all, I just, you gotta experience it. And don't do it if you're not ready. Be careful, because it can be really overwhelming and end up being really scary if not done correctly. Make sure your setting is good, who you're with, where you're at, what your intentions are. Understand what you're going to be getting into. Because an altered state of consciousness is no fucking joke. Like, take this seriously. Because if you do it in a therapeutic way or in wanting to connect spiritually and have this really growing experience, it's going to blow your mind. (laughs) If you want to do that, it's just really important to note these things. Because then you can get the most out of it and it will change your life. You make the experience whatever it is that you want it to be. So be around people who can ground you and hold space for you if you need it. And be in an environment where you feel safe and comfortable and okay to allow whatever happens to happen and come out and release stuff. Just let it all flow. (laughs) And be in a space where you are comfortable with letting all of that flow. (laughs) Do your research and don't go into it ill prepared. Just know what's best for you and listen to your intuition and your gut. Just trust that. And again, just make sure you're with people and in a place that you feel comfortable and safe with. And I think you'll have a really good time. <laughs> and not only will it be therapeutic and beneficial, but it's also really fun. It can, it's, it's, <laughs> I have had some really, really, really fun times on psychedelics. Just absolutely beautiful, inexplicable connecting moments that have been a blast. I really appreciate you guys listening to this episode and hopefully part one as well. I think psychedelics are something that I'll integrate a lot throughout my podcast. I, again, I'm just so passionate about them. I love what they do for us and I think in the future they're gonna bring all of us really close and create a more loving world for everyone. That's my hope, at least. (laughs) So there's that.